I'm Hannah Trum, and this is Hypocritical, a podcast where we discuss security, technology, and compliance news with healthcare industry leaders. world, you don't have to look very far to see why cybersecurity is a hot topic and a hot industry. In fact, the global cybersecurity market size was valued at over 167 billion USD in 2020. So if the threat of bad actors isn't going away, why are so many organizations slow to update their security practices? How do we force an industry, but especially the healthcare industry, to quote, get with the times in such a digital world? That's exactly what today's guest and I discuss. Dr. Eric Cole has over 30 years of experience in the world of cybersecurity. As a former hacker for the CIA, Cole understands the need for robust cybersecurity efforts at an organizational and individual level. Hi, Dr. Cole. Thank you so much for joining the Hypocritical Podcast today. I'm actually really excited to pick your brain about cybersecurity. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, so my first question uh, is kind of an interesting one. What is the biggest lie that we're told about cybersecurity? To me, probably the biggest lie is that these adversaries are unstoppable. Because mm-hmm. what we're hearing a lot now is that when you hear the ransomware or the colonial or uh, all these different breaches out there, that it's this big, bad adversary mm-hmm. and they're super sophisticated, super advanced, mission impossible <laughs> style attack vectors that, that you can't protect against. And to me, at least what we're seeing is that is the biggest lie because right now, if organizations follow two simple rules, any systems accessible from the internet are fully patched and do not contain critical data. And I study this over all of the major attacks over the last three years, 93% of them would not have happened. It's really that simple. That's incredible. Wow. Basic mistakes out there. So to me, yes, the adversary could do advanced capabilities. But right now, we're leaving the front door unlocked and they're just walking right in mm-hmm. and we're blaming them. Definitely. We say that human error is the forefront of every single problem that there is in cybersecurity because people don't know what they don't know. And they think, just like you said, it's super easy, but then you get an email, you click on a wrong link, and all of your information is compromised. Uh, do you think that individuals and businesses should approach their cybersecurity efforts the same way? Yes and no. So so at, at a high level, in terms of understanding that it doesn't matter who you are or what you do, that you are a target mm-hmm. and that cybersecurity is your responsibility, I believe that those are the same. I, I believe that those two are the same. Now, when it comes to individuals, to me, the, the big things is a lot of the applications and components we're using from online banking to mm-hmm. e-commerce to others, there's a lot of security built in. Definitely. We're just not turning it on. Yeah. So 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 to me for individuals, I'm like if you go into your banking application and you turn on two-factor authentication and you turn on account notification, so whenever somebody's logging in or trying to access your account, you get notified so you can take action. That that's going to go a long way to protecting you because the problem with most personal individual attacks is they just don't have the visibility. Mm -hmm. They just don't know what's happening until it's too late. And then when we look at corporations, to me, what a lot of it comes down to is making sure you're putting the critical things at 100%. So what we were talking about earlier, I call it the law of 90%. Mm -hmm. If we look at any of these organizations that got breached, we, we can't honestly believe that they have no patching. 
we can't honestly believe they have no data protection. They have no asset inventory. That, that, that would be silly. Mm-hmm. However, what I realized is when you look at these big companies, 90% of their assets they're aware of, 90% of their servers are patched, 90% of their data is protected. Now, if we're in school and we're taking physics or Calc 3, 90% is good, right? Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> if I got over 70, I'd be like, woo right? It's an A but, for uh, me. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but in cybersecurity, if you have 100 servers and you're only protecting 90%, that's 10 that are still vulnerable and mm-hmm. 10 that are still exposed. So I think with companies is they're not getting the fundamentals correct and yes. the foundational items like asset inventory, configuration management, and patching. And if they focused on that 100%, I think that starts to solve a lot of those problems. I agree. They are not aware of the attack service that they have. And it's, I think it was the Equifax um, breach where they didn't even know about the vulnerability that they had. And that's all it takes is just one tiny little crack and a cybersecurity attack will get in. And that's that for your, for your organization. No, it's funny you bring that up because to me, if you look at Equifax and Target, if we learn those lessons... We want to be having the problems today. Yep. So solar winds is target all over again. <laughs> it really and, is. Uh, the colonial pipeline is Equifax. I mean, it's it's the same fundamental problems that we're not learning our lessons and we just keep repeating them over mm-hmm. and over and over again. I mean, look at the lesson that LinkedIn just repeated twice in like six months. They had 400 people get breached and then, you know, 500 people get breached. And it's it's like, what did you not learn in this six-month period of time between breach one and breach two that it pretty much, I think it said like 98% of LinkedIn users' information has been leaked. Depending on what kind of information they put out there, you would think that LinkedIn would have learned their lesson by now. Yes. But, but, but it, it goes back to the... Companies don't think they're a target Yep, and they don't think it's their responsibility. And then if I add a third piece to it is they're not focused on the detection. Yep. They think that, oh, we have firewalls and some IPSs and we can prevent all attacks when the name of the game of cybersecurity is prevention is ideal, but detection is a must. Yes. And you have to be proactive for sure. Um, what do you think is the first step that businesses should take when updating their cybersecurity Uh, To me, the first step today that they should take is assume they're compromised. Mm -hmm. If if you look at all the data and it's scary because the number keeps going up, it used to be most companies were compromised for 19 months before they detected. Then it was 23, then it was 27. And the latest numbers uh, that just came out are 31 months. Most companies are compromised. So especially after COVID, mm-hmm. where companies basically did anything for survivability and ignored security for mm-hmm. six, nine, or 12 months, the probability that you are compromised right now and don't realize it is very, very high. So first thing I would do is you need to do some threat hunting. You yes. need to go in and, and just look at and see what's happening and what's occurring. The next thing I would do is it's all about critical data. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody breaks in, and they don't access critical data or steal critical data or uh, encrypt critical data, then it's pretty much a minor breach. So understand what is your critical data? Where is it located? And I know while a lot of security professionals in the past didn't like the cloud, to me, I think the lesson is the cloud is a much safer place than your own data center because that's what their business is. So really get that data controlled and managed. And then the third thing I would say is look at the endpoint. 
with especially what happened with COVID, but even before that, l- look at laptops that people are carrying around. The average hard drive is four terabytes, and most people have it 95% full. That's a lot of information. <laughs> a lot of data. That's a lot of gold you're keeping <laughs> in your house uh, without a lot of security in place. So I'm always a big fan of minimizing, reducing, or I'm, I love thin clients for the endpoint. Mm-hmm of just getting rid of that hard drive so the data can be better controlled and managed in a single spot. Yes. And I would say data control is really big in healthcare. You know, Powbox is a healthcare security solution and PHI is so valuable on the dark web and so many people don't realize it. So I think that you're right there that it's about making sure that your information, all of the information from your CEO down to your admin, all of their information is encrypted or you're just opening yourself up for a breach or a violation. The the, the key to encryption is making sure that the key that you're encrypting with is stored on a separate server. Because what I see in healthcare all the time is these attackers get in and within minutes steal all the information. Mm -hmm. And I I talk to the executives or head doctors and they're all like, but but Eric, it was encrypted. How could they have done that? And and the only option is the keys are stored with the data. So they basically break in and it's like Mm -hmm. putting the key under your floor mat. It's not fooling anybody. So I I would also say encryption doesn't work if you don't protect, control, and manage the keys. And Mm -hmm. that's where I think a lot of healthcare organizations fail on the security spectrum. I agree because a lot of cybersecurity options in healthcare require so many extra steps. You have to type encrypted in the subject line or you have to sign into a portal and all of these things. And that's why I love working for Powbox because you just it just installs on the back end of your inbox and you just send encrypted and there are no problems because you can't try. I mean, I don't even trust myself to remember to encrypt an email. And that's why I love Powbox because I just send it and it's gone. So it's so easy. You hit a key spot there they think so important is when you're talking about hospitals and health cares, doctors are the kings and queens of their kingdom. Mm-hmm. You can have a solution, but if it's cumbersome yep. and it requires them to do an extra step, it's not getting mm-hmm. done. And that's what I love what you keep saying about it's transparent. It's yep. that, that's solutions that work in all areas, but especially healthcare is transparent solutions that are there that you're not mm-hmm. even aware of and keeps you safe. That's what we need more of as opposed to these super cumbersome, mm-hmm. really heavy uh, user-based solutions that mm-hmm. nobody's going to follow and nobody's going to do. Yes. Humans are, we're dumb. We're dumb creatures and we make mistakes. And the as millennials take over every or industry and we're more tech savvy, I kind of also think it makes us dumb because we think we know everything and then the next hack comes and they're just so much better than what we already know. Um, you mentioned this a little earlier when we were talking about uh, employees working from home. Large companies like Twitter and Facebook are going to let a lot of their employees continue to work from home. What do you think is a good step for people to take other than securing their endpoints that businesses could take with this changing threat landscape? To me, one of, one of the big ones is recognizing that the two most dangerous applications on planet Earth are email and web clients. Yes. I mean, that, 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 that's pretty much the source. If you're looking at ransomware, phishing, all, mm-hmm. all, all those different attacks. And, and my approach to security is you have to give them solutions 
that adapt to how they do business, not telling people not to do things. Mm -hmm. So don't don't get me wrong. I love awareness. I think awareness is great. Yes. But awareness isn't going to get the job done because I've seen it all the time where you Mm -hmm. tell people, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And it's like putting candy in front of a three-year-old. I was going to say, it's like a toddler. They're going to do it anyway. So so, so I I think we put way too much pressure on them. Like like I had one client and, and they were serious, but they're like, Eric, I don't understand why we get breached all the time. If our users just checked email, didn't click links, didn't do this, they actually looked at this, they verified. And I'm like, really? You're, expect, you're expecting users to do that? So the, one of the simple things we do for our clients and I do in my office, because what we get targeted all the time is I have my Windows computer mm-hmm. that I do my work, I write my reports, I do my analysis. And then I have an iPad that I only use for checking email and surfing the web. Oh, so I, I've smart. separated them out. I yeah. broke them. And now, as you know, it's not that Windows is more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's that it's a 90% install base. Most <laughs> attackers are going after Windows. So the probability of there being an iPad-based exploit is very, very slim. And even if it did, I just re-image my iPad. There's no mm-hmm. data. There's no information. I just have those two applications on it. So to me, it's coming up with those types of technical solutions where they can get trained to do it, but not expecting them just to analyze yes. and trace back every email address to make sure it came from a legitimate source. Yes, it is not a good cybersecurity rule to just say, employees can't do anything on email except for read it. That's, yeah. that's, that's not conductive for good business at all. So I read a little bit that you recommend cybersecurity and risk management checks for all of your readers and for your companies that you work with. What is a basic cybersecurity hygiene routine that our listeners could get into? And how often do you think individuals should be checking their uh, cybersecurity versus organizations? So, so, so first and foremost is, and, and I'll, I'll just throw it out there, uh, unless you wear bell bottoms <laughs> and like listening to the Bee Gees, give up passwords. Hey, I we, we, love we, listening to the Bee Gees and Bell Bottoms. Don't, okay, don't get me wrong. We, we, we can start o- 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 oceans in the stream. I know the good stuff. I, I love my '80s rock, like everyone yes. else. Yeah, I'm in the gym with my Bon Jovi, <laughs> but but we need to give up passwords. Agreed. I mean, P- passwords don't work. I they mean, don't. people use the same password all over. Two factor authentication is built into just about anything. And if you're using a personal app or a third-party app, mm-hmm. trust me, it's there. You just don't have it turned on. Yep. So so, so to me, the, the, the first sort of hygiene factor is you, you got to make sure that authentication is robust. You got to use two-factor authentication, get away from passwords, get away from those areas. Next is stay away from free. <laughs> to to yes. me, when you, when you look at your, your phone, computer, all the free apps and free this and free that, mo- most people don't realize free is not free. Yep. Free means they're accessing your device. So if you don't believe me, take any of your devices and go under the security advanced and look at location tracking, mm-hmm. camera, microphone, and look at all the apps. I do that weekly. Oh, same. It changes. And and I'm always amazed this Sunday I did it. And I'm like, why is this application (laughs) accessing my camera and my microphone? That's a little weird. And and, and I I did it off. So so that's the other thing is just know what's on your system. My general rule is anything on my devices I pay for. I I would rather pay $9.99 and control my data than have a free app that doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, So that would be the second 
piece. And then the third piece of good cyber hygiene is just awareness mm-hmm. is like I said, turn on alerting. It, it, it drives my wife crazy. Cause like this morning she uses Venmo, which I don't like, but uh, <laughs> after 26 years, I realized you can't say no. So she's going to do it. <laughs> but, but like I get an alert that says, Hey, there was a $200 mm-hmm. Venmo charge on it. And I checked with her and, and she's like, yep, that was me. And she's like, so I'm being spied on. I'm like, no, we're checking and protecting. So, so she sort of gets that. So turn on the alerting. I know it's a little annoying when you use a credit card or Venmo or, or access to get that alert. But here's the question I always have. And this is, this is how I, I won, which after 26 years, I think it's the first <laughs> argument I won with my wife. I said, I said, honey, there's two options. One is I texted you to verify and it took us 30 seconds and it's legit. Or it was fraudulent. I assumed it was you. And then our bank account was wiped out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I like option one. I'm like, that's what I thought. So it's, you have to have a little inconvenience in order to protect, secure, and react to these things that are happening. I totally agree. I always, everyone always thought that I was nuts for turning all of that on. You know, years ago I started turning it on, but I was like, I don't want anyone to have access to my data. I work in marketing, so I know how these social media platforms are collecting data. And I've always told these people, everyone I know, I'm like, go through your phone. Apps want to have access to everything because that's how they learn information about you. I'm like, turn it all off. It's annoying. Take the one hour to do it and make sure it's off because, like you said, they can either uh, you get an annoying text from their husband that says, hey, was this you? Or you can have no money in your bank account and go through that whole headache. Do you have any last minute words of wisdom or cybersecurity tips for our listeners? Uh, the, the only thing I would say is it doesn't matter what business you're in, if it's large or small or individual, you need to recognize that you're a target. Mm-hmm. Th- th- these attacks are happening all the time. I, we, we didn't really get a lot into the ransomware, but I always find it fascinating where I, I get on these interviews and I'm like, Eric, so what's the cause of uh, the increase in recent ransomware? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, it's only been in the last couple months that ransomware no. attacks. And I'm like, no, I said, it's forever. January of 2020, small and individuals are being hit with ransomware. Now the ransom payment for individuals was $200 mm-hmm. and for companies, it was 15,000, but it was still out there. So, so th- I think the media sometimes only covering the big stories gives individuals or companies this illusion mm-hmm. that only the government and billion dollar companies and billionaires are targeted. But in reality, everybody is targeted. And in a lot of cases, it's the smaller individual that gets hit a lot more because it's easier, simple, and they have their guard down. So just always remember, you are a target and cybersecurity is your responsibility. Yes. Our CEO says the same thing. You know, uh, you can't look at what's in the news for what's really happening. It's why we started uh, Zero Trust Email because there's so much ransomware out there and people are complaining about it, but it's always been there. Cybersecurity actors are just being smarter about getting through your encryption, getting through everything. So you have to be proactive because if you're not, you, like you said, everyone's a target and you are going to fall into that trap. Um, I actually have one more question that I just remembered. You said that passwords are over. I totally agree. Do you think that people should adopt more like passphrases? So saying something like, my dog's name is Bingo instead of the password being hello5678. What do you think about passphrases versus passwords? So if you can't do two-factor, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's just not an option, you can't do it, then yeah, I'm absolutely a huge fan of passphrases. The only trick that I do is use a passphrase, but use it to create a random string. 
So, mm-hmm. so, so for example, if you say uh, my, my my first dog Fido mm-hmm. was born uh, December, you, you would go in and pick the first letter of each word and create a phrase. So now when you're typing it in, it's uppercase M, yes. lowercase F, at symbol. And it looks like this random string that nobody could guess, but it's very easy mm-hmm. and simple for you to remember. And then it's one of those things where now you could have different passwords for each of your different yes. accounts. And, and the joke I always had is I used to use my kids, like my first son, my my second. I told my wife, I'm like, listen, I need more passwords. We have to have more kids. And she's like, come up with a different scheme, right? That's that, that's not going to happen there. So so you, it's picking things that are easy to remember, yes. but hard for somebody else to guess. Yes, that's what my mom does. Uh, all of her children are some variation of our birthdays and our, her, all her passwords. And I'm like, mom, I'm like, this isn't really that safe. Um, we should probably think about updating these, but it's okay. I don't think anyone's going to steal your stuff. Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Cole, for being on here. I really appreciate it. You have been really helpful. And I, like I said earlier, have been eager to pick your brain about cybersecurity. It is my pleasure. And thank you for having me. For more resources on HIPAA compliance, healthcare cybersecurity, or how to prevent a data breach, please visit powbox.com slash blog. Looking to network within the industry? Join our next social mixer on August 26th. It's 100% virtual and 100% free. If you're interested in attending, please send me an email at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at palbox.com. The fourth annual Palbox Secure is in Las Vegas on September 29th and 30th. Head to palboxsecure.com for more information to register or to book your hotel. If you're looking to sponsor or to speak, please email me at hannah at palbox.com. As a reminder, you can listen to every episode of Hypocritical on Pawbox.com or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hypocritical. I'm your host, Hannah Trum, signing off.